Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today is the first episode of our new series, brand sparkly new, the finale series. (laughs) (laughs) That's the tricky shriek for today. Um, (laughs) Enjoy. There's going to be many, I think. Um, Yes. Ashlyn, this is the first time, first of all, this is your series. So thank you so much for bringing us into this. And also because of this series, this is the first time we will be reviewing the series finale of Star Trek, the original series, Turnabout Intruder. That's right, everyone. We're ending on the body swap. Um, <laughs> this is just incredible. Ashlyn, what was going through your mind when you picked this finale series? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So I knew that Rihanna and I both have busy schedules coming up. And so I wanted a series that was a little more simple for us to do in the background (laughs) and, but have it also be something really substantive. And because I, again, I'm so inspired by all the cool series that you pick Rihanna. And so I was like, maybe I'll try to do something that's like a little different. So yeah, I I settled on finale. The other reason I wanted to do it is because I wanted to talk about Endgame in a really long format. (laughs) (laughs) I will not lie to your motives on this pod. I understand. (laughs) I just thought really, really valuable. You know, it's important. Yeah. (laughs) I feel a little bad because we're kind of neglecting new Trek because Mm -hmm. we the only new Trek we'll be able to discuss is the Picard finale. Yes. So that's going to happen. But after Discovery ends, we will be returning to the series to talk about the finale only. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I, I also thought it was something worth setting up. So then in the future, we'll be able to just like drop a finale episode when these other shows end. Exactly. I think it's a genius format, Ashlyn. I'm so excited to talk about these final episodes. Speaking of Discovery, Ashlyn, you you were just talking about how the finale is coming up because season five is done and ready to be shown in April. And so before that, we, as well as Strange New Pod on Strange New Pod's Discord, will be doing a disco rewatch. And it starts February 16th, so that is not too far away (laughs) from this Trek Tuesday when this episode is coming out. And I encourage you to go to the Discord, go to Strange New Pods Discord. It's in the link tree in our bio as well as Strange New Pods bio. Um, Very easy to find on social media, but if you need it, we can email it to you. And their Discord is very easy to navigate. We have our own Dura Sisters channel where we will be doing watch alongs for seasons two and four. So it's going to be very exciting, but please join along for seasons one and three with Strange New Pod as we are all collaborating in this discovery incredible podcast festival that's coming up the last days of disco so this is a part of that festival and it's just really exciting to do something so collaborative and so wonderful to promote discovery and you know get closer to the finale of discovery like you said so then we we can cover it on the pod yes rihanna thank you for that beautiful plug also Mm -hmm. 
sort of unofficially strangely announced by paramount discovery season five will be dropping on april 4th wow so that is amazing what's weird is that there was no official announcement it's by paramount like but if you're <laughs> but if you're on the paramount plus app if, if you go to the discovery it says new season out april 4th so i'm assuming it that's correct it seems real but like no official announcement so yeah so it, it's perfect like this is discovery season we're going to be re-watching everything then we're going to talk extensively about discovery in the podcast festival which the deadline is too late to apply so too bad too so bad. sad you had all these announcements to apply oh, no. and i hope you i hope I you hope did, did. <laughs> absolutely uh, and and then you can join us and we can all cry about the fifth season so yeah okay wonderful also so a couple of a little announcements here before we get started on our new series so we have some new content dropping for one dollar patrons of the podcast you all can hear if you're one dollar patron basically if you're anyone who's a patron <laughs> of the pod yeah. you can you can listen to our trivia episodes which mm -hmm. Rihanna and i have done and they're very fun and tricky yes. so test your own knowledge listen to us quiz each other terrible and not remember yeah. anything yeah for our one dollar patrons but we thought you know maybe you need some more so soon we will be dropping new content for our one dollar patrons if you are interested in becoming a patron go to patreon.com slash the dora sisters podcast and yes. uh check out all of our information there in addition we will now be starting season four of lower decks Woo these are reviews that we have been we've been waiting through our lower mm -hmm. decks reviews for a long time we finally hit season four and those are available for our six dollar and up patrons these are such fun episodes they tend so to be fun. 30 minutes but they've been going way past in the past yeah, couple. <laughs> so we're <laughs> dropping nearly hour-long podcasts talking about these episodes because they're yeah. so good so mm -hmm. if you are interested in hearing us talk about season four for the next 10 weeks you can join instead of our one dollar maybe six dollar patron tier absolutely yeah. wow ashlyn thank you again for that amazing plug i think now <laughs> it is time to grab a friend before we talk about finales in depth so the ad Ashlyn, time is over let's grab a friend yeah, yeah. <laughs> back to our regularly scheduled programming of me shaking the bag and pulling out <laughs> beautiful oh alas hey, hello <laughs> hello hello <laughs> Hello, hello. Okay, who do you have? You seem so hyped. I'm very excited. I let out a little shriek of joy because I have picked Zero from Prodigy. Whoa. So it has been a little bit since we've seen Zero, but uh, they have definitely been on the pod before. So welcome back. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Ashlyn, now you have to do an impression of your person. So who did you get today? human you are <laughs> weak <laughs> i i got a last outpost ferengi <laughs> wow okay take me through that how do you how where where did you get this last outpost ferengi well i've pulled him for the pod before and it always annoys me although to be fair i'm kind of looking at him closely he might be someone who works with quark because look at his Quark's fancy part. outfit his outfit looks really kind of trendy to be it honest, it does look trendy. Um, he looks. It's familiar. not Rom, right? <laughs> no, green jacket, orange 
with white stripes. Um, anyone who has seen this for Angie, please let us know. It just, it seems <laughs> like his picture. undershirt kind of looks like what Jake would wear. So that's why well, I kind of got true. Deep Space Nine vibes. I'm thinking maybe it was that woman who posts as a Angie. Could be that. Who knows? Girly. Okay. As a, as a Angie. That woman who posed as a male Angie. Who knows? But everybody take your sip of your drinks as Rihanna and I just did. <laughs> as we get into this. Because we have to buckle down and get right to business yes. oh okay so let's go finales are very strange concepts because how do you wrap up a show of any length and like get it give it a satisfying ending or give it an ending at all and i think tv shows especially older shows are written differently than like traditional stories because a lot of the time you have a concept like oh you know what would be funny to see is these two characters interact let's go let's just write a bunch of episodes for them so how do you how do you wrap that up how do you end the thing that you just want to keep going forever so rihanna i am curious for you we have both seen a lot of TV. <laughs> we are. Oh, yes. Oh, man, we are inundated. So <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm wondering for you, what is what are some of your favorite TV show finales? Wow. I mean, first, you have to sort of ask the question, what is a good finale? You know, like, because I think that varies for people. Some people want a satisfying, where are they now, wrap up. I don't care for those as much. I just care that my characters are either happy or that there's a satisfying closure to them that I feel like is true to the character's arc and storyline. As a writer, that's what's more important to me than good acting or great cinematography or like cool effects, you know, for a finale. It's the characters, it's how, if they're done justice or not. And so I feel like some of those are absolutely scrubs. If y'all didn't watch that comedy in the what early 2000s late 90s i don't know um when early 2000s out? early yeah. 2000s um it went for what eight seasons <laughs> a bunch of seasons we don't talk about season nine <laughs> no we don't it doesn't exist um they try to do like a reboot thing but yeah um scrubs had a beautiful beautiful finale i always cry even just thinking about it i hear the song that they played in it book and of just, love is long, long and boring, and boring. <laughs> yeah. so if y'all haven't seen scrubs finale in a while go back and watch it um, of course, this is going to be mentioned a lot, I think, but um, MASH, goodbye, farewell, amen, great finale. Um, one of those, though, that like almost too good where I've seen it twice in my life and been like gutterly devastated for hours after. <laughs> um, so yes, it's a good finale, but it also like not for the faint of heart, <laughs> sort of. And along that same vein, there's this anime called Angel Beats, similar thing where it's the most one of the most beautiful finales I've ever seen. Ashley's shaking your head because she knows exactly like this feeling, but it also will devastate you and you'll never be the same kind of thing. Like you really yeah. brought Angel Beats into this, mm -hmm. Brianna. When mm -hmm. I think about that ending, like I'm tearing up. I got chills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Calming myself. Yeah. So like this is kind of what I'm saying is like brings along something really important to the show that has always either been underlying or has or building up to a revelation that kind of thing and that's what I think um a good finale does and then one other example I had was Death Parade which is another anime that I really adore Ashlyn hasn't seen the ending but um it's so good and I think they did it so well done but it's also a very short short so a very short show it's got 10 episodes and so there are a couple of shows like this that are 
very short and can either have really good finales or really bad ones, depending on whatever, all these different factors. And of course, we have to factor in what was it on TV? Did it get canceled? Did it get a justified finale? Which, of course, we'll dive into a, a lot later. But Ashlyn, I am like bubbling with curiosity about your examples of great finales and just what you think in general makes a good finale. Well, pop those bubbles because you said a lot of the ones I was going to say. Yeah, sorry, you um, could start next time. <laughs> well, I was feeling regret. I was like, why did I let her go first? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think the mash finale is the opus finale of our lifetime. I think if you want a, to take a look at what's a satisfying way to end a show, you look no further than mash. Absolutely, unbelievably gut wrenching ending. Also, Scrubs, same thing. I the an element that you didn't mention, and also I agree with all those elements you talked about, about what makes a good finale. I think something that is required for me is to have some kind of callback to mm. greatest hits in the past. Yes. I'm uh -huh. such a sucker for you that type nostalgia. of thing. Yeah. I love the nostalgia. And so even just like a little bit makes my heart really warm. And that's something that Scrubs does an amazing job of, job of as well. And then, uh, I also thought the Better Call Saul finale was really, really good. Ooh, um, yeah. Breaking Bad finale, I, it was, you know? like Yes. That's how I feel about, like, Frasier. Or, like, yeah. there's some finales that are mid, but, like, still satisfying. But, like, okay, that happened. Yeah, but I think, for <laughs> yeah. me, Better Call Saul was better than Breaking gotcha. Bad finale. Interesting. Um, and then, as far as anime, since Rihanna brought it up, I also really think about Code Geass had an absolutely... Oh, yes. Un unbelievably perfect finale yeah just a perfect conclusion of that story and then also uh full metal alchemist brotherhood oh what am i what's wrong with me uh, you're so right actually. stunning finale and now that i say that also avatar the last airbender yes yes one of the best ones ever what, yes. what is <laughs> okay yeah literally that's so true it's seriously one of the avatar yeah i think that in general i have more favorable opinions for anime endings than i do like live action or like whatever real people uh finales i think that they tend to be a little bit more satisfying or they just completely bomb like yeah so it yeah, just depends so i so i'm gonna i think rihanna let's read some of these responses we asked out yes. we asked on social media what are some of all of your favorite finales and ash critties says the office finale which is oh, a great, great answer great shout yeah yeah mary moran 23 said big bang theory have not seen it but big bang theory fans weigh in <laughs> yes Socialist in Space says the original Mystery Science Theater 3000 ended nicely. Smiley face. Ooh, okay, I've heard great things about that. Mariah Gossett, hi Mariah, says Six Feet Under. Also sounds like a great show. Twin Cities Trucky says goodbye, farewell, amen, MASH. There we go, another mm -hmm. hit for MASH. And the last one, which is the Friends finale. Ooh. Lula and Crush said Bob Newhart. J Juice four fifty two says Doctor Who basic basically every series finale since two thousand five. I will say, agree. Doctor Who crushes the finale game. For yeah, sure. We'll see if they crush an ultimate finale whenever it comes. It <laughs> whenever does, it, Doctor Who <laughs> Doctor Who will never end though. He'll never die. Yeah. There's a Mister Dam. Okay. Derjam Shidam. Derjam Shidam said. <laughs> Adventure Time. I'm really <laughs> hoping I said that name right. Great. These are great examples. I'm so glad you made the ask, Ashlyn. 
Yeah, absolutely. So I also think an important factor for what makes a good finale is that, and and this is included in all the shows that we've mentioned, it's satisfying, but not necessarily like polarizing choice that is made. Like if, if a choice is made, that's really shocking. It's palatable and it's within the realm of what these characters would do. There's nothing that, that happens out of character. It's something they've been building towards. It's something really satisfying. And so some of the elements that I mentioned, like, so, so now turning the opposite way, I want to talk about bad finales, because in my opinion, those are ones that have a character do have, have a character do something that is so out of character. It is wrong and bizarre. And they did it just to make a point or just to like have a twist for the sake of a twist. That kind of stuff drives me crazy. Also, if the finale is a completely, like, completely different time period and, uh, yeah, time skips piss me. Yeah, time (laughs) skips like thirty years in the future, and then we get like flashbacks. It it, no, 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 no. uh, It annoys me. And like, said the end game lover. Okay, shush. I don't love everything about <laughs> and, Endgame. And also why we didn't mention any Star Trek is because this is literally our series. Is, so you'll yeah. get to know our favorite finales. Yeah, we're not going to crack on. that code quite yet. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. but anytime that it just the last episode is something completely out of left field and it's not done in a way that is good or respects the story drives me nuts so i'm gonna go i'm just gonna start listing some of the finales i think are the worst game of thrones really period deeply disappointed me i Mm -hmm. could speak about this for a podcast i'm just gonna move on and say how i met your mother my one my one caveat with this show is that this is one of my most rewatched shows of all time i've seen this show like 20 times i'm literally not kidding i used to have it in the background always it's really hard to watch finales because it is the end of the story and you know that you're never going to see any new content from these characters after that and it can be really heart-wrenching because you've been with these characters for so long they seem like family and depending on if they're end or good or bad it it could be an episode that you don't want to revisit and this is how i used to feel about season nine of how i met your mother is i avoided it like the plague because it was so different from the rest of the series and i could see what they were trying to do but i will advocate for re-watching some of the things you're adverse to because i've actually really learned to love season nine and i actually now really like the finale except for the last like four minutes everything else is great um yeah yeah yep. <laughs> they just um, cut that out yeah yeah and then i also want to say merlin is probably the worst finale <gasps> as well see i i wrecked rihanna i wrecked her <laughs> yeah traumatized I'm sorry for all, on the pod all these merlin fans i really destroyed you and i i hurt myself saying this name so yeah the merlin finale is absolute trash and i try to repress it every day i live <laughs> There are probably more Merlin fix-it-fix for the finale than, like, any other, I'm sure. Yeah. I can't believe- I think I repressed Merlin, so I can't believe I forgot it. Ow. Why? I hate it here. Okay. Um, great answers all around. I had similar ones. Ashlyn, I put Game of Thrones as well, and How I Met Your Mother. Um, I think, you know, obviously we've we've heard all the complaints under the sun about Game of Thrones, but yeah, it it's it just when it when a character is betrayed like that, it it really hurts everyone, including the show, including 
like the the legacy of the show now when i watch it i'm like eh. and I, now i know what's gonna happen you know <laughs> yeah. like i'm not as invested in these people well and i will say that is an example of a finale that was rushed like the circumstances yes. behind it are very important in the context of why it was so bad it was because the creators of game of thrones the writers were asked to do star wars and they God. they said yes so they made a shorter <laughs> final season and made a worse show yeah to of one of the best tv shows of all time i'm sorry i'm sorry talking about game of thrones no, like i can't i know i know it exactly. hurts me this is this is the thing about finales it's always though. the integrity of the finale over money or time or as of my next example, cancellation. So of course we're going to be talking about the original series soon, but I want to also talk about Firefly because <gasps> Out of oh. Gas is a horrible finale and it just devastates me. Of course they had the movie to sort of make up for it. That's what all of the TOS movies were doing as well. But it, it's awful because Firefly is another great example in tandem with TOS of a finale of a show that was given not enough time for the era it was in and canceled way too soon and given a very rushed just like probably pre-written pre-recorded finale before they knew it was canceled i mean you probably know more about tos ashlyn but like at least with firefly we know it only ran one season so i'm curious people who've seen freaks and geeks if they really like the finale for that one you know like these sort of one season short shows like we were talking about with the good finales can also go really poorly if it's canceled and if the circumstances are bad and so i think out of gas is a fine episode in like a middle season you know but it's not it's not just it does not do anything justice for the fucking brilliance i'm sorry for my cursing a firefly like that show is just so ahead of its time and just something to think about and then one anime i will say that i did not like the end to um is seraph of the end it's a very interesting show and my fiance reads the manga i didn't granted i didn't watch the entire show with her but i was literally around for like most episodes and we watched the like last season together and um we just sat there with our jaws on the floor like what for like 10 minutes after like just so devastated and annoyed and it's just a very it's a, it's a it's a shit feeling you know like i think that's the hardest part of these finales that that go poorly is because you put so much time and dedication into loving a show especially people who hyper fixate on shows like myself and, and ashlyn and why do you think we're doing this pod you know like it just hits different in a painful way when they don't do it well and don't like give it the time and justice it needs exactly right some of the answers that we received from you all i really enjoyed so ash yeah. critiques again says dexter and mm -hmm. i want to add heard that, that yeah. my well our grandma <laughs> grandma colette yes. shout out to grandma colette yes. was living with us when the dexter finale came out and we've never yeah. seen any dexter mm -hmm. that woman was livid she had things to say she about it yeah. was for it was like over a week she was she was pissed about the like ending of dexter randomly, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she, she would just like reference it all the time she's like well yeah. this at least this it is isn't as bad as the finale dexter of dexter <laughs> you know, like whoa girly so like yeah. these are really getting into our souls uh okay so russ peliquin said lost hands down my wife almost broke the tv lol <laughs> iconic your wife is an icon <laughs> i've heard that this finale is bad as well i i think this is one of the most famous examples for sure agreed socialist in space says angel 
Buffy, in my humble opinion. Saint Elsewhere, Mrs. Columbo. Okay, great answers. Hollow Combriska says Game of Thrones, Dexter, and Sopranos. I think they literally hit all of the like top, like worst finales. Yep. Twin Cities Truckies says the finale, which is the Seinfeld finale, and the How I Met Your Mother episode last forever. Yep, I think Seinfeld yep. is one we haven't brought up yet, but is famous for its terrible ending. Um, and then I low key that's my hot take. I low key <laughs> yeah. like the finale actually. I think it just makes it makes sense for me. So yeah, you're like all that tracks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then J Deuce uh four five two says or four hundred fifty four fifty two says twenty four, um which I have also heard things about that. It's funny because even if you hadn't seen a show, you really hear about the terrible finale. Like I had uh, one of my best friends, Hazel. We were in the. Uh, we were in New Zealand together for study abroad when Game of Thrones finale came out and she had read most of the books, um, seen one episode of the show, but was there for the tea. Like she knew everything about the show because she wanted to be a part of it, but not a part of it. And I was like, I get that. And so I was like, well, I need a friend. I have no friends who watch Game of Thrones here or who are caught up or whatever, who care about it anymore. And like, will you watch it with me? I had been rewatching it all to be ready for the final season. And so she rewatched the last two episodes with me and got to just experience my pain and devastation and like everything with me. It was really, it was really a bonding moment. So shout out to Hazel to, for watching a finale of a show that you have like, you know a lot about, but have not seen like literally basically any of. Like she was asking me so many questions. She's like, well, where's Sansa now? Like what happened to this person? What happened? I like most of the answers like they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> they died yeah. in season two, bro, or whatever. Yeah. But incredible. Like that's a goat Fred right there who will watch a terrible finale with you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I do have a couple stories because I just mm -hmm. think like, let's just live in this finale world yes. for a moment. How often do you get to just like talk about finales? So two of my close friends so one is my friend auburn i grew up watching yes. i grew up watching fraser and this woman she recommended in college like rewatch fraser like now that you're older so i got on the fraser train and i got to yes. season nine and i'm you know about to hit the finale and she drops this on me she says i've never seen season nine or the finale <laughs> she's rewatched seasons one through eight like a thousand times like has episodes memorized is like mm -hmm. huge super fan of fraser because yeah. she refuses to let the magic end and oh, i i think yeah. about her sometimes she's mm -hmm. like no i'm not I can't deal with the ending of this show. So she, yeah, I always think about Auburn. Like she just lives in perpetual, like, well, whatever world. That's um, honestly super common. I feel like a lot of people will do that. Like my, my fiance too, she actually will not finish books or like some shows or whatever for the same reason. Like, no, I just want it to keep going forever. Yes. And my, my best friend Carson is the same way. We were watching the show Last Kingdom and we happened to be watching it at the same time. Also Netflix show where everyone is hot. <laughs> Just nice. so you know everyone is hot <laughs> amazing show and at the end the last couple episodes is just building 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 like how could you possibly stop and so i think danny and i binged it in like a day we watched the whole last season something crazy like that and then i asked carson you know weeks later oh did you finish last kingdom she said i didn't see the last two episodes i probably will never will i'm like but what's the end you of want the that closure yeah like don't you want to know what happens yeah so it boggles the mind but like for something like fraser i i think i could probably see for comedy I, yeah i also think parks and rec their season seven is like a little strange but same with it similar, ends up yeah. being a good finale 
Um, yeah, so agreed. yeah, with, with comedies and things like that, I can kind of see like not when let the magic end, but just mm -hmm. straight up, like, I'm not seeing how the story ends. I'm good. <laughs> no, that baffles me too. And, and I think it'd be interesting if listeners want to weigh in and like DM us or whatever their thoughts about like, do you finish finales? Do you leave them unfinished? Why or why not? Cause like, it's so interesting to me to hear the different reasons. Cause I feel so like solid in my storytelling, like brain, you know, of wanting that satisfying ending and it's so difficult with a thing like game of thrones where george R. R. martin hadn't even finished writing it and so and then also with manga and anime like a lot of times the manga artist is taking years of course to make all of this and all of the people have to then take years to animate it poor overworked people at mappa so like it just it's really hard you know because then a lot of times, like this very, of course, comedy, it's called Life Lessons of Uramiji Onisan. It's very good. It has literally like a finale type episode because they wrapped up the anime, but the manga is still going. And I didn't know until I just like found out the fourth volume was coming out and found out that a fifth one's going to be coming, but they won't re resurrect the anime. You know, that's kind of its chapter is done. And so that is also so interesting to me, like the story continues because it's a comedy and it can kind of go on forever if you want with this format, um, because nothing significant changes at the finale. But there can still be this pseudo closure for anime fans versus manga readers. It's all fascinating to me. And I don't know, I think it's just interesting to pick apart and to see why people do or do not finish things yeah yes yes well also there's a we'll stop talking about anime in one second but there's a, an anime called clanad oh my god amazing show okay, <laughs> okay so clanad actually there are multiple versions of the ending what? of the anime and so mm -hmm. there's a, a a beginning or there's a chunk of the story that is the core of the story and then there's an extended 12 episodes of an alternate ending of how it could okay, end or what? there's like arcs where the main character ends up with different people and you see what his life would have been like if he got with different people okay it's, that's the best for for people yes. who don't like endings <laughs> yes exactly and there's yeah. one there's there's like a devastatingly tragic one and Damn. there's like a really like sweet and wonderful one and what? like they're all good in different ways and mm -hmm. i think that is one of the coolest formats and that's something that like only anime could do you know and, oh totally, totally. yeah that well, you would not yeah. see that like here's the game of thrones i mean i know there's sure. the what if you know like answers that, yeah. that disney's doing but sure. anyway but still yeah well i think too um it is interesting to think because anime does do like they do kind of go hard with ending sometimes and just choose to be controversial or choose to do something crazy like with a race you know i mean i think that i've heard varying opinions i happen to really like the ending but i've heard visceral hate to that erased ending and same thing with like your lie in april you know i mean all of them have certain feelings you know people have really strong feelings and death note of course like some people believe it should have ended at one place instead of another so I don't know it's just fascinating discourse to me always and i love talking about different shows and how we all feel about them and especially when they come to a close you know and having to sort of face that as well yeah and i'll say that in our household if we yeah. have friends over and a fight breaks out i can pretty closely guess what the fight is about and it will either be about star wars if you like episode eight or episode nine that's one common fight the other the other most common is about the game of thrones finale and 
it is so yeah. polarizing. And I remember yes. having this conversation with all of them too, because do you still recommend a show that you think is like the best show that ever made, but it has like the most dog shit ending? Like how do you feel great, morally great about yeah. recommending that show? And that's, I mean, we're going to talk about that in Enterprise. So yes. <laughs> you know, true, Ashlyn. I think that is a really great question to ask. Yeah, like I also forgot The Good Place is one of my favorite endings too. I oh. sobbed for like four hours after that. Um, so if you haven't oh. seen that show, talk about a comedy who will make you sob. Like, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I re I rewatch I The Good Place all the time, but I've, I've seen that ending only once because, again, that's also what a finale will do if it's good and uh, if it's sad in any way. It'll also kind of close you off from wanting to see it again. So this is kind of exciting that. We have to watch some of these sad It's finales. forcing us to get through this. Yeah. You're, like, you're um, just like, okay, Rihanna, go watch All Good Things again. Even though you've seen it like three times in your life. I'm like, sure, Ashlyn. Yeah, <laughs> Whatever sure. Whatever you say. It's the series. So, so. and yeah. in the case of Turnabout Intruder, mm -hmm. this is an episode that I have only seen once in my life until Truth. yesterday. Same. Yeah. yeah. Watched it this morning. <laughs> so here we are. This is also a case. It got the Firefly treatment. It got canceled. Or I guess Firefly got the TOS treatment. <laughs> um, yeah. Girly. So Ashlyn, give it away. Uh, uh, Ashlyn, take it away. I want to hear what okay. the history of this. Yeah, you knew I, was, I, I had it ready That's to go. That's how you hear it. Yeah. yeah. So you might have noticed in this episode, there's no Ahura. There's no Nichelle Nichols. I'm going to rail about that, but that was not the time. She was off this week. They were notified halfway during filming. So they usually takes oh about God. a week to film an episode. It was like Wednesday when they were told that the show was canceled. So what? They're, we're going to talk about it. But I, I do think there are some attempts to make it seem like a finale. Some small attempts. William Shatner had the flu while he was filming what? this. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was kind of a, a storm of... <laughs> things going on yeah yeah and also to to cap it all off the original premiere was pushed back because so normally it's like on a it was a friday time slot at like mm -hmm. eight o'clock or whatever like every week it was pushed back to a later start time because former president eisenhower had died and so there was a breaking <laughs> news segment about his death and they were doing a report and they said okay now we'll start star trek after i, I thought that was <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much. Like, that is just the most insane shitstorm. You're so right. A lot of stuff happening while they're filming this episode. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to recall, do you remember the circumstances of watching this episode for the first time? Oh, absolutely. I actually wrote down my feelings. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> tell us. So, I think about halfway through this episode, I started to have a pit of dread in my stomach. And I was like, no. Like, absolutely starting to get into denial mode because we have seen Shatner overacting, playing this woman, basically. At the time, I did not know the circumstances, did not know he had the flu or anything, obviously. I was just watching, trying to... Especially because Star Trek is an emotional thing for me and especially will, will always be because it's tied with Ashlyn. And, like, I was very clingy to Ashlyn as a, as a kid and probably still am to a sense, you know? And Damn straight. Yeah. <laughs> as it should be <laughs> but i feel like the emotional ties of finishing the original series because we'd spent so much time together watching it it was really something that made our bond even closer we had so many inside jokes at this point already just with star trek alone and 
this ending, I wanted everything to be perfect. I wanted the night to be perfect. I wanted the show to be perfect. And it just wasn't. And I was like feeling so frustrated. I was like, please don't. Please don't make this the ending to this beloved series, to this like beautiful moment. Why this? Why is Kirk not even himself this whole episode? That's the thing that I, for re some reason, really stuck with me at the time was, I think what we were in, I was in sixth grade or seventh? Probably sixth, I think. No, seventh, because we started oh. it when I was in eighth. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I was in seventh grade, and I was like, I was like, really fixated on that. Like, we don't even get a Kirk moment, you know, like, really not one that I wanted to see from this episode that would sort of have a closing out speech or have something that felt very much like closure. And then I also remember those final turbo lift doors just closing and me feeling like, wow, really, 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 you know, like just, just, just stunned. And then being like, I'm never watching that again, basically was like my other thought. Like it, I was burned because I wanted that special moment and it still was special. Like I still remember watching it with you, Ashlyn, but definitely hurt by it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to reply, even though a man in my neighborhood is, uh, air blowing his leaves <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> so if you hear him he is our, the guest on the pod today um <laughs> but hopefully you do not hear him so rihanna thank you for remembering the circumstances of this episode because i honestly the last part of watching tos is kind of a blur for me yeah i remember it was though the most emotional i got about leaving star trek because I like what you were talking about. It was the first show of Trek that we had watched completely together. And it's a long time <laughs> to watch. There's yes. so many TOS episodes. A lot. So, and also I remember thinking our plan, because you know we watched Star Trek 2009 and we had watched all of the original series movies. We then said, well, let's watch the original series and then go from there. So it was kind of like leaving it open about like what we were going to do next. And we ended up, of course, watching TNG and continuing. But I do think there's just something so special about TOS, even though I don't remember like the night that we watched this episode, I definitely remember feeling very kind of bittersweet about it ending. What I remembered uh, about some of my reactions <laughs> is that... I thought, I, I, I think I kind of gave in to the idea that this was going to be kind of like old TV where there wasn't like a lot of sentimental value placed on the finale and it was just like purely episodic. And so I think I had kind of resigned myself to that throughout mm -hmm. the episode. There are a couple of moments, and I stand by this today, that I thought helped it actually to be a, a little bit of a, of a finale. And and then the exact same thing, the turbo lift doors closing and you're just like what the f, f did i just watch that Literally. was very strange yeah so the episode itself like left a lot to be desired but i will say the other thing that i think we have to bring up now because it's also such an important part of our history and we've talked about it before on the pod but we did when we first watched star trek we gave points to the characters and this is how we figured out like who our favorite characters were and mm -hmm. like our, our we wrote down our favorite quotes and things like that so kind of taking these notes as we were going because you know we were training for the podcast we exactly. didn't know we, we, we didn't know, know we yeah. were <laughs> um but 
I always loved getting the finale, getting to the finale, because that was the time then that we tallied up all the points that we Same. had yes. over the, all the season. And, you know, as for TOS, this is very low numbers. We didn't award as many points. We were much more like strict sure. about it. <laughs> we were. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the, I we should honestly get the points at some point. I feel like. Um, do you have yours? You don't. Oh, yeah. I have them all in a binder. They're Wait, do you want to pause and take a look for. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. For, for TOS? Cool? Yeah. yeah. Okay, one sec. Okay, so uh, Rihanna and I, we had a little <laughs> bit of a breakdown because we realized <laughs> that these points, these aforementioned points we've been talking about mm -hmm. are were very close to us, so we both went and yeah. got them. And I thought, it, of them. <laughs> I thought it would be fun to document what our uh, favorite characters were by the finale Mm -hmm. uh from roughly the early 2000s yes <laughs> how, how we were feeling about 15 years ago <laughs> okay this is great ashlyn i found my final points they're written on a piece of paper from our grandma's house it's very old crinkly oh she's yellowing crispy yellowing <laughs> beautiful we did not give many points back in the day so spock came in first no surprises with 170 points <laughs> so um and then i can read the full order if you'd like no just let's just do top three okay so spock came in first bones was second with the 125 points and then kirk was third with 110 so coming in pretty strong at the end there the, the trio <laughs> I, I love this they're in the top three Ashlyn, um, tell me your your top three yeah so for me number one I have Bones. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's just Bones. He's not McCoy. Sure. Yeah, with same. 150. Oh, nice. Okay. In second place <laughs> is Spock with 110. Okay. And then, shockingly, Scotty is Scotty. in third above <laughs> Okay, uh, nice. With 100 points. <laughs> We're talking about an OG Scotty stand. Honestly, this episode gives a lot to Scotty. So, great choices all around. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, thank you to everybody for coming along with us on this journey. I really like the starts of new series episodes because we get this time to just like get really juicy with literally everything we talk about. So thank you all. We've had a lot of reminiscing, a lot of good non-Star Trek conversations. And so now you have to Yeah, the time focus. to start the episode. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we're going to actually be talking about Star Trek now. Oh, no. And go. <laughs> we're going to start off with the new series question. <laughs> oh, it's a good one. I am thrilled to ask you, Rihanna, mm -hmm. if you were on a holodeck and you were forced to watch turnabout intruder <laughs> uh -huh, who sure. would you choose to watch it with and you can do interactive mode or oh, you can do okay, spectator okay. mode oh, in good, this okay. finale yeah and you can choose anyone from any star trek series at all to join you there's no limits on time period first of all impeccable question <laughs> this is just amazing Second it's of totally all, random. It's not based off of anything that no, happens. No other finale <laughs> at all. Second of all, I'm going to have to bring TOS Stan Judzia Dax with me because there are so many people I could bring, but Judzia and the and the Dax symbiont have been to this time, so they know a lot about it. They probably heard about this crazy body swap at the time. She probably was like, what? And so then when Judzia is around, you know, we know she went back in time for Trouble and Tribbles with everyone but 
I think also we would probably just do spectator mode so we can just laugh our asses off, you know, be like, oh my God, female Kirk is like really commanding it, like working it in Janice's body, you know, or we could be like, oh my God, like what a little bitch Janice is, or like literally we can just like be cheering Scotty on, like dragging this, you know, like what is happening to these decisions, you know, <laughs> like just, I think in general, it would be a riot to have Dax because, um, We could just like grab some popcorn and watch and you know if we're feeling <laughs> if we're feeling uh mostly me i think she would drag me into like interactive mode and i'd have to like interact with kirk who is luster and that would be rough <laughs> um, but intriguing so i think she would be a perfect companion for this episode being such an original series fan we can also just talk about how hot spock is the whole episode so that's also great ashlyn yes who are you bringing on your journey well just compliments to the chef on her answer <laughs> that Thank was you. that's a great option also because judzia is a trill she will have mm -hmm. memories from this time period as we exactly. saw in yeah. trials and tribulations and so i think she would be a perfect tour guide for you as yes. well <laughs> into Agreed. the history yeah <laughs> she's like oh wow okay they're still doing trials like this okay gotcha you know <laughs> <laughs> absolutely ashlyn so you're going to the holodeck Who's with you? Okay, so there's no other answer to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I accept your Judzia, whatever. Uh -huh. But to me, this is the only way to view this episode. And that is <laughs> to grab McCoy <laughs> right after. So he's on his tour of the Enterprise D. And <laughs> I come by, I snag him, I take him to a holodeck. And I say, sir, <laughs> I have a uh, mint julep ready. <laughs> we, we both we each have a mint julep and we watched turnabout intruder <laughs> are you gonna like ask him questions as you go along or yes so we're not gonna interact this is a purely purely viewing through. yeah yeah i mean i don't want him to get up any more than he has to um <laughs> yeah the last time he was on a holodeck his legs gave out so i don't want to tempt fate <laughs> yeah you don't uh, want to trigger him either <laughs> exactly right we would watch and and i would hear he would shit talk like so badly and he would spill so much tea about like what was going on behind the background totally. and he would be like damn like i'm hot as shit you know like mccoy would just he would hold nothing back i would have this is this is my dream is to spend an hour with dr mccoy <laughs> and i just think him looking at his past looking at how gay and in love his best friends are it would be so much fun to watch <laughs> yeah he'd be like oh they kissed after that the pda between those two <laughs> <laughs> honestly phenomenal answer could jadzia and i watch with you so that jadzia could hit it off with mccoy again <laughs> as long okay whoa you and I would have to leave if that's the case. Oh, if Jadzia yeah. comes, this is now a date with McCoy and Jadzia. I, I don't, I am not comfortable being in the room with them. Okay, I gotcha. So they have their time. They have their time. We'll go watch it. Iconic. I love that you chose McCoy. He can really give you insights into this, into these the thoughts you could be like what were you thinking in this moment like, yeah like i wanted to punch him to yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> oh man okay well this is a phenomenal question thank you ashlyn for asking it um i think that it is now time to finally <laughs> talk about the ins and outs of turnabout intruder um 
The essential plot of this is a body swap. Janice Lester has been wanting power since she dated Kirk in Starfleet Academy. She uses this device that's lit up on the wall and a little remote, and they switch bodies with some psychedelic stuff. And then she takes over the Enterprise in Kirk's body, proceeds to have a court martial to Spock when Spock requests mutiny because he finds out that it's correct, that the bodies have been swapped. There's a lot going on. So, Ashlyn, um, let's let's start at the beginning with this group of scientists coming down to Camu 2 or whatever. Camus, I guess it's not. Uh, Camus 2? How dare Camus, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're stranded after exploring the ruins of a dead civilization. Here we are, beginning of this final episode. <laughs> yeah, here we are. So, <laughs> this is a classic outpost scientist episode there's a distress call coming and so spock mccoy and kirk anyone else a rando i think a rando i think a rando also beams down with them to aid them and it turns out that kirk knows one of the injured people (laughs) one of the injured colonists and she's and she's an old flame from his academy days. Does this sound like every TOS episode to you? <laughs> Ruth. Carol. <laughs> that blonde who Kirk was all gushy yeah. about that Gary Mitchell talks about. Oh, yeah, the yeah. blonde with legs or whatever. No, wait. Blonde. You're thinking about Kirk walking books. <laughs> walking books with his legs. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, this is another old flame. So right away, I'm just like, okay, this is a classic TOS plot line. And I have to say, man, does he have the Riz? I really felt Kirk's Riz in this episode, which I feel like I should not say. (laughs) Wait, like Kirk in in Lester's body? No, no, no. Like... With the way that he's treating her so sweetly when he oh, thinks she's mm-hmm. injured in the beginning, I'm yes. like, okay, the man, I mean, I forget he, he's been with many women. So yeah. anyway, yeah. So <laughs> uh, doc, Dr. Coleman and Dr. Lester are both injured and it says because they were exposed to radiation, the entire crew or like a team of scientists that she was working with are all dead. Mm-hmm. And Spock and McCoy go check that out. While Kirk stays behind and and is risen it up with Dr. Lester. <laughs> yeah, Lester wakes up like immediately after they all leave. <laughs> and um uh, okay, so you said old flame, Ashlyn. I agree, but also more like old explosion, like old spark that like lit a match that was not good for them because we learned rapidly, rapid fire information here that she knows him, you know, they were getting the Starfleet, that she felt alive when they were together. And that the world of Starship Captains, quote, doesn't include women. So then we found out that she she punished and tortured him because of it. Um, red flags all around. And Kirk said that he might have killed, they might have killed each other had they had stayed together. Um, Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so there's so much to talk about just in this these few sentences to me because... This is a toxic relationship 101, I feel like. The, uh, Lester was feeling a lack of power in the relationship because of the difference between man and woman or the difference between like genders here and the gender power dynamics. And 
as this episode goes on, we are like it's clearly revealed to us that she has a lot of internalized sexism against against herself and against other women and feels perfect feels definitely not at home in her own body which i'm like also like transgender question mark but that's a question for another podcast Um, that's a question that janice has to explore (laughs) yeah exactly on her own time um so i feel like this is just so complicated to begin with that she already has these really complex feelings about being a woman about place of a place in a woman's society because that is just not true that the world of starship captains doesn't include or that or sorry it doesn't admit women i mean we don't know that it doesn't here's sure except discovery the woman it but (laughs) but in tos name a single female captain you cannot sir ahura was the highest ranking officer that we got to see who was a woman i think tas finally did or something but I might be wrong. I think it might have been I don't think so. until we I, saw a female captain. I don't think so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, she's not wrong, but it's also, like, it's clear that there's this deep-seated hatred um, going on, whether, you know, probably taught. And so, yeah, I just am really intrigued, though, by this, because I always think that character tension, especially past tension, is really interesting in a narrative and can provide a lot of really fascinating points of interest especially when you swap their bodies you know so you're having this kind of like violation going on where Kirk obviously did not ask for this did not ask to be in Lester's body so I feel like that also just adds another you know horrible toxic layer to this it's it's just such a it's a great premise like I will say that like I think that the idea of this episode is really intriguing it's just really interesting dynamic to explore yeah yeah, that's probably what I'm going to say throughout the entire thing is that this on paper and like the introduction of Janice as someone who wanted to be a captain but was denied it because of her gender is a really intriguing premise. And especially now that they're doing a body swap, now we're playing with the idea of, you know, like, does Kirk have special treatment? Does Janice have special treatment because of their swapped genders? let's find out but i also i have to i have to say you know rihanna you're talking about this information being rapidly delivered it is only three minutes into the episode that the body swap occurs (laughs) so it is not messing around i also i also want to say that janice says to kirk after like before or after the body swap happens that it is better to be alone than in the body of a woman it is better to be dead than live alone in the body of a woman that's what it is yeah yeah so that's like whoa like that is a bad message um that if you're single it's better to be dead (laughs) which is what a lot of women were taught during this era and yeah yeah just like contextually this is still true i really think that this episode should have been in feminism to be honest like now that i'm watching it again we messed up yeah like it could have been a really good discussion but yeah and ashlyn so when the body the body swap happens and Shatner is playing a woman, I just feel like it's so sexist and very frustrating to watch because we, they're like he would have the same vocal cords. Why does he have to be like, oh, I'm fine? Sometimes he talks like that and he's like touching his face all tenderly, and I understand to an extent. Definitely, less Janice would be like, whoa, like a man's body. This is weird, you know, but. We see her as a very domineering, commanding, stubborn woman, not someone who's like, oh, 
you know, like just the way that Kirk's acting with like as Lester, I think it gets better as time goes on and then gets, it fluctuates a lot, you know, but it can, it can just like, I don't know. It can just um, set the tone a little weird. Set the tone a little weird. Yeah. I, you know, Shatner has a peak. Shatner has times that he can be very good. And a lot of season three, he is not very good. And and especially in this mm -hmm. one, I, you know, maybe it's because he had the flu. I think he just didn't have like a solid idea of what he was going for. So Agreed. what you're talking about with like the higher voice, I actually didn't even notice. I thought it just kind of goes in and out of, of being it does. Yeah. way too much for me. And what I love about body swap episodes, and this is, uh, kind of impetus for like maybe we should choose body swap as the next series. I was thinking about that um, yeah that's the fun of these episodes is you get to see our favorite actors act in a completely different way and it's like the character yeah so uh, I just so watched a cast body swap episode and I was texting Ashlyn I'm like this might be Jennifer Lynn's like best acting because it's so hard to do and she's scary like scary scary when she's playing this it's called warlord when she's playing this warlord that took her body whoa the body swap is a wonderful trope it but is, i think yeah. it is i am thinking a little bit about other finales in tos like operation annihilate i believe is oh, a finale yeah. great episode to be a finale even though it's not like it's just like kind of a bigger production you know the other finale yeah assignment earth so another kind of bigger production episode yes. i would argue even more so than operation annihilate mm -hmm. and i think that turnabout intruder does not have the same type of spectacle that even assignment earth had and i know brownberry was trying to like do a little spin-off series in that episode but sure, yeah. i just i expect more pop and circumstance than a body swap because as you said as your little brain said rihanna that means we're not spending a lot of time with actually kirk being kirk but here's the thing that i think really makes this episode so good is actually the fact that Kirk is in a different body and is forced to have a different type of relationship with these characters that we know so well. And we know the interplay so well between Kirk and McCoy and Kirk and Spock and Scotty and the crew and how Kirk interacts with everybody. And so it's great to see when this mystery is unfolding, like Kirk is acting so weird and instantly you know spock is like questioning his logic on the bridge nonstop. mccoy is like what is going on i need to talk to this man like 17 they clock him so fast yeah, yeah 17 minutes in they are basically suggesting i need to see kirk in the sick bay mccoy says to spock because he's acting so strangely and for original series normally it takes like 40 minutes to figure out yeah that's what's always going a running on. joke is like it, it takes a little shorter time every series to for them to figure it out and, but it still isn't until 27 minutes in that Spock finally <laughs> does a mind meld or gets to talk to Kirk, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. But, but I, you're right. Yeah. I really enjoyed seeing how Spock was reacting to this person clearly not being Kirk and how McCoy was reacting. And I think those interpersonal moments, and then especially at the end when everyone knows that Janice is Kirk, how they all act with each other so i thought this was a really cool episode to explore inter-character dynamics and i yes. think you know if you're gonna have a finale like make an excuse to advance the relationship of these characters and that's fine with me yeah i think the character work is so good in this because of the plot ashlyn absolutely 
one of the things that I find so interesting about this too is that Janice spent years studying every detail of ship's operation and she's prepared months for this to avoid suspicion and still they all clock him so fast they all know exactly that this is not Kirk that we know because of these relationships and I think it's so funny and brilliant watching Spock continue to question like why don't we just go to Starbase 2 captain like Starbase 2 actually we will get there in time to save her life she keeps dodging Spock's questions but I think that Lester being defensive right away is so suspicious. You know, that's exactly what starts setting off different characters. And I just like to see the varying reactions. Even this Ensign or whoever who is at communications for this episode, which I just lament because Uhura would have been so amazing in this role and gotten so much time to do some cool stuff that this Ensign or that this other communications officer got to do. But anywho, I just, I liked Janice prep for so long, but you cannot get anything past this crew you know it doesn't matter how long you prep like this they will know because they know their people and especially they know kirk yes i think any foe will be toppled by spock and mccoy trying to help kirk there's it's period. rare yeah. to to yeah just period <laughs> so more often than not when they actually team up and work together mm -mm. yeah well and yeah so the other thing that's sort of a sexist implication of this that irritates me too, and I don't know if I'm just reading too much into it or whatever, is the fact that Janice doesn't seem intelligent or competent when she's in Kirk's body, even though she has supposedly planned this for so long and is continuously, of course, when like, Kirk in Janice's body is continuously like, oh no, she's too strong. She couldn't have overtaken Kirk. You know, like that kind of stuff is obviously just like, oh, that's just people underestimating women's strength, blah, blah, blah. But it seems like it's so instantly falling apart that I would have really loved a more cunning Janice Luster, you know, and loved someone who was an actual adversary because I think that like they did the Romulan commander so well. They've done women so well who are strategists, who are not interested in i know that's kind of the flaw of her character she's supposed to just be highly ambitious but not super competent like that's why i think she didn't continue in starfleet i mean she also blames a lot of it on her womanhood but i think there is a, a an extent of both like underestimating her as a character but also making her underestimatable <laughs> if that makes sense like writing her that way you know and i don't know it's just this weird conundrum that i cannot really figure out so i'm just trying to talk through on the pod because like I want her to be stronger or more of a threat to the crew in a way that wasn't just executions, mutiny, <laughs> you know, but I don't know. But I also understand the motivation of like making her this character who's just like falling further and further into desperation, kind of going mad a little bit with, with power and wanting to have his power so badly. But I don't know. I just think all that planning for falling apart right away seems like not a great way to write this character. Oh, yeah. There... I feel like there's about four or five things all happening at once in this script. I think the point that they are trying to make with this episode, whatever it is about women or leadership, is lost because of of what they do with Janice as a character. So I'm totally with what you're saying about how it would have been really cunning to see if someone, I, I would think of that an, as an adversary as difficult to go against as con, because if you have someone who's really competent in Kirk's body, you can do pretty much anything if you can convince yes. everybody that you are Kirk. Yeah. Again, and I will- Starfleet logs like 
per like you can't you just get to them if you have enough access so like she could listen to not private logs but she could you know get to know him enough which she tried but anyway yeah she did try and that was actually something i was going to compliment her on and also compliment the script on the subtlety of it because clearly she's been studying starfleet regulations and is just trying like she's dropping into this world without ever having actually interacted in it mm -hmm. and there are some times like when she calls for beam up she goes like mr scott mr scott two to beam up two to beam up like like some repetition yeah, like, yeah some that. things that are just not quite how kirk does them and like how would you know if you hadn't like had the chance exactly. to study him so yeah. small clues like this are <laughs> i for good for the audience good for me to realize yeah this is not kirk good for mccoy everybody but to the overall point of what do you think they're trying to to have this message be because at first i thought it was women can be captains too but that's that's not it <laughs> doesn't seem like the message yeah no that's not really what it is but that's kind no. of think how it starts and then totally the message that i hear at the end of this episode is women are too emotional to be yeah. captains yeah. because when she when lester was in kirk's body there's a great great quote from scotty um, i was hoping you wrote this down i super wrote it down yes um, you did because they're trying to figure out uh, if what Spock is saying is true, if Kirk is actually body swapped. And Scotty goes up to McCoy and said, I've seen the captain feverish, sick, drunk, delirious, terrified, overjoyed, and boiling mad. But up to now, I have never seen him red-faced with hysteria. Hysteria. I, mean, I know hysteria. that word. That's so, what they use for women. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, I love that quote. It's like, so good. It's so like good. besties, Scotty because, and Kirk. Yes. You think about, maybe that's their, like, this is the nostalgia callback. Remember all those times Kirk was <laughs> literally, literally crying. <laughs> yeah, but that was the, I got the same feels. <laughs> you got <yourself. laughs> yeah, no, I, I got it was like, oh, yeah, remember when he was like a floating, like, ooh, I'm here, you know? <laughs> remember when, like, I don't know, like he was there for Scotty when he got accused of murder, you know, it just starts oh. bringing back the nostalgia. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> and it's so ride or die of Scotty, I gotta say. Like, this is one of the best moments. Of course, well, let's unpack this a little bit later. But like, just as we're talking about Janice, you know, and them going up against her, they're just easily such a great team. And it's because they're working together. And Scotty, a lot of it was Scotty's hard work of, one, believing the captain with like a conviction, you know, that only Spock really had. And the other is just like, I don't know, he's just loyal ho to the end. <laughs> like, what else could you say about Scotty? Like, he's amazing. I know, truly, truly. But yeah. uh, so that's the dilemma I feel in this episode is mm -hmm. that I, of course, want our crew to come out on top against Janice. But I wish that the women just had better representation oh, yeah. in the way that Janice is written. It kind of feels like, honestly, this episode is not a win for women, but it's not really a win for uh, the queers. <laughs> yes. yes. Which, again, we'll Agreed. talk about later. And so that's why mm -hmm. it's like different types of victories occur yeah. in this episode. And losses. And, so, yeah. and losses. And so I can't, so far, I can't discount it as being a terrible finale, you know? Right. Because there's mean, I, a lot of good things going on here. I came out of it feeling like, 
Okay, I definitely am not as devastated as I was the first time I, the first and only time I watched this. And thinking like, exactly, the redeeming qualities. One of the things I would love to to talk about, if 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 you're okay to move on to Ashlyn, is Starfleet headquarters and the Surgeon General. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, I love a sprinkling in of some Starfleet headquarters lore. I love getting more knowledge about what's going on on Earth, how operations are run, all this kind of stuff. We are learning a plethora about the red tape and things that McCoy has to go through to get evidence for a patient's, you know, misconduct because their body got swapped. <laughs> like, you know, obviously you have to have so much evidence, a mind meld won't do it, which is the whole big crux of McCoy's worries, you know. So I just think all of this is fascinating and I just can't believe we're getting it only on the last episode. You know, this is the kind of thing where it's like, oh my God, like, I didn't even know there was a Surgeon General in Starfleet. Of course there is, but like, what? <laughs> you know, and and the, the scenes have a lot of power in like what actually gets done, which of course is still the truth and any kind of medicine is kind of political as well. But I just, I don't know. I'm endlessly fascinated by these little random lore facts that they're dropping. I mean, I just see this as, our show's canceled. <laughs> we have to just write some write shit, some stuff, you know. <laughs> um, I thought the Surgeon General was sort of jaw dropping. <laughs> We've never heard of it before. Like I feel like McCoy was kind of like really excited to talk about the Surgeon General. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little too excited, you know. He finally got to bring it up. So yeah, yeah. that that shook me. Uh, yeah, because he has to run all these tests, and Kirk or and Lester does the little leg pushy things. Like, I also love those leg pushy things. Shout out to some random physicals in those random scenes. Like, they're so weird and funny. I know, I love it. And you look at the screen; it's like my levels all normal. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, okay, you can stop. <laughs> but you know, it, it shows that Lester's fine. Oh, and... also creepily, it, it, did you catch in the physical? <laughs> I, I shouldn't even yeah, say it, but yeah, McCoy yeah. is. It's like even your glands are healthy. I'm like, bro, do yeah. not Creepy. mention anyone's glands. <laughs> That's what they've said before. It's like when in the salt sucker one in um man trap called the man eater. Yeah, in, in man trap, Kirk's like, stop thinking with your glands. <laughs> he says to McCoy at one point, it's fucking hilarious. No, um, awful but funny. Yeah, that physical was very uncomfortable. I'm like. Just thinking about body swaps is from like an actual body swap perspective, like your whole body's changed, you have like new new things going on, new structure, all that kind of stuff. So I'm sure that that was very jarring, especially having to have like your shirt off and stuff. But Lester was like, weirdly a good actor at sometimes and then other times just not and like, could not keep it together. So <laughs> It's whiplash. Okay, I think here's the other thing is that Janice has some mental problems. Yes. And she is unstable. She needs treatment. Yeah, uh, like period. straight I up. Mean, like we we heard that they were trying to like they probably would have strangled each other in Starfleet Academy had they stayed together. Like we know it started with toxicity, but yeah, well, and I can I can really see Kirk enjoying a kind of hot and cold, fiery yes. relationship. I think mm -hmm. he would be someone to go through that kind of phase. And maybe Janice is what ended that phase. But yeah, so that's the I think that's the thing is like Gurley is not mentally stable. And so yeah. she will just collapse under these accusations. I will say it does show a lot about Starfleet's checks and balances with the captain being in charge, because even though Kirk was so clearly not feeling himself. 
it took a lot to convince the crew and to get everybody on board to actually do this mutiny, even though it wasn't really a mutiny. It was just a body swap. I think that if it was not the Enterprise, that Janice would have gotten away with it through the sheer force of execute my command. I will push this crew enough to get myself to a starbase or like whatever in order yeah. to like return back in the world and keep this body kill the spare <laughs> yeah so, this girl is trying to start her own terran empire like yeah absolutely and so i think if it hadn't been the enterprise maybe it could have worked yeah i think you're absolutely right this kind of militant treatment of the crew after they start questioning her is very terrifying especially lester attacking kirk in you know this body swap um in front of spock and mccoy like so, showing so clearly that you're not yourself even if lester was supposedly a threat to kirk he still in his body and in his mind wouldn't have like knocked her out brutally like that you know and told her to be put in confinement without anyone interacting with her you know so this is interesting too because the security is very much always for the captain like i've noticed this a lot in not only Terran like mirror universe structures but just in general even in this episode at the end sulu and Chekhov are like even if we did mutiny basically they didn't say this you know word for word but like how would we get past security and because it seems like security is usually way more for the captain even when spock was like let me through <laughs> and like does his does his orders pertain to senior officers you know spock logic his way into uh the room with kirk i feel like it still was just security officers like really following everything kirk says blindly um because he's the captain and i understand their security threats but also you got to think that the threat could be your captain my dude <laughs> Yeah, and after everything they've been through, how was the crew not more accepting of this is not our captain? I I don't know. Yeah. We've we've See, had that, body swaps. That's like what you I said. was trying to think. Like the orb one was like literally that's what should have been like signaled them be like, "Hey, we all changed our we all had bide swaps with um when they took over our bodies, you know, like they're like, hello, salos. So they all have that like fight, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, the well, yeah. zero zero right that seems oh, the medusin no no <laughs> that's that's is is there that's, but that's beauty? also an orb that's uh, more of a box it's more of a cube <laughs> <laughs> actually technically because it's in that box and he wears the cool glasses no but like this is absolutely so true and this is why i think they should have like they definitely clocked something was wrong but i think it's really not out of the realm of possibility and when spock suggests it i know scotty is like distraught because he's like ah but we have no physical evidence you know because kirk i mean because lester immediately immediately put spock on trial like in an instant because of this because he did disobey orders but yeah so but he got the mind meld with actual kirk and got to know because this extremely <laughs> homosexual scene he says you are closer to the captain than anyone in this universe you know his thoughts like spock it's true and they have a mind meld and, it, and he knows right away that it's his Kirk. That's so cute. I love that. Okay, okay. I want to unpack this more, but I have to say Return to yeah. Tomorrow is the episode. And oh, thank you. what I love about living in this time is that we have strange new worlds because now if you're watching LOL can canonically, you're like, wow, Spock is really ignoring his own body swap episode. <laughs> oh, you're so right. Like literally. Because Spock, yeah. he literally says, he has a line where he's like, this type of body swap has never been done before. And he's talking about like with a tool, like with a remote like this. 
but so you, it could be read as but Vulcan mind swaps are very common. Um, yeah, this which, type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this type. And so then when we actually get to the mind meld, it's kind of amazing he didn't go to it sooner. They were probably just trying to fluff up the episode with I think content. So, yeah. it, Spock is surprisingly stubborn about not believing that this body swap has happened. He's like really close-minded to it for some reason. Uh, yeah, um, I feel like it's because... Kirk disobeys the first rule of body swaps, which is tell really specific information to your people so that they know it's you. Be like, Spock, yes. remember when you had plumic soup in the kitchen the other day? <laughs> but remember when you spilled it and you kind of blushed? <laughs> like, that's too specific, he would know. Like, okay, yes, you know, yes. And that's always the thing that they never do in body swap situations. And I'm like, that would instantly get you to the point. I will say, so Kirk sort of does this. He references the Tholian web because he said, you and Bones work together to help get me back. You have to do that again. Like, <laughs> yeah. which I was thinking, I was like, that's a good callback. And then he said, do you remember the Vians of Marar where we didn't let Bones die? Okay, this sounds like a TAS episode. I was like kind of dying because I'm like, maybe that line they like used for a TAS episode. <laughs> well, I, I was thinking yeah. what are episodes where they almost let Bones die or where like a civilization wanted to kill Bones. And I was thinking maybe for the world is hollow because he could have lived out his life or been cured by them or True. maybe the, maybe the empath. Um, or it could have also maybe I been Friday's child. I think they wanted maybe. to kill, execute McCoy at one point for touching yeah. the lady. Slapping mm -hmm. <laughs> her so any Anyway, just this confusing reference made me google all or made me like think about all these plots so that also added some nostalgia and then that's ex exactly like you said that's when spock says well you could have googled this captain so i don't believe that your body swapped <laughs> yeah exactly which i'm like okay now give specific information <laughs> like now is the time to go niche so anyway then they finally do the mind meld Spock knows instantly it's Kirk. The officer is like, you're as mad as she is. And and then Spock goes to do the Vulcan grip. But this has happened so many times now. And the red shirts have been there. The security officer is for his Vulcan grips that he knows. And he grabs Spock's arm. I was like, you know what? That's probably the first time that a initial Vulcan grip has not been successful for Spock. Like, that's kind of impressive. But then, of course, he gets him again, grips the other guy. He comes out with Kirk. They're trying to escape. But then Lester and McCoy and some other security officers run down and stop them. But this whole time, Ashlyn made a beautiful TikTok about this. This whole time, Spock takes Lester's hand, which is Kirk's hand, or like wrist, and just, just like holding his wrist. And I'm like, like if 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 Spurk wasn't canon by this point, it is now. Like y'all are holding hands, he's protecting him. It, it's all very interesting that they can be a little bit more touchy-feely when Kirk's in a woman's body and it can appear more heteronormative, even though we know the truth. It, like, isn't that Star Trek? Isn't that TOS in a nutshell? Like, they can appear heteronormative, but we know what's underneath. We know the yeah. gayness. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm honestly shocked by this in a good way because... I like I know Roddenberry is homophobic and so I, I can only think about what was going through his mind I mean but again it is the last episode so maybe he was just like whatever getting canceled let's just do whatever yeah. um or maybe I don't know boy, like do we, I don't know like, I I don't know like I yeah. cannot think like if they're not going for trying to make this implication why would they have that Spock holding 
his hand like maybe maybe it's like a protective i have to protect the female i have to protect the captain sure yeah that's but the guys I, yeah anyway it shook it's me joy well yeah. and and then you know what you talked about when the when the meld actually happened i thought was really beautiful like that is a bold statement to say you know the captain better than anyone in the universe like that's yeah. beautiful like kirk has a family yes. and spock is like mm -hmm. surpassed everyone else after these just three years together yeah because they're tyla oh. like that's how it goes yeah exactly yeah oh it's so beautiful but then alas they're captured again and put on trial <laughs> so did you have on your bingo card for the finale series a trial no <laughs> memory of this trial i was like this not is for this episode this other ones trial yes <laughs> episode i had no yeah. idea yeah that might start to be a theme of our finales. We'll see how we'll we'll count how many trials there are. <laughs> but this is just insanity to me. It is good that they put this in here because they really did need to fill time. Like that is kind of clear as this episode is going on. But I think the fact that Kirk is putting Spock, or supposed Kirk is putting Spock on trial in front of all the senior officers, in front of his like family and friends, basically is so gut-wrenching and so interesting like it's so, again these dynamics are so fascinating they're just executed a little strangely you know and i do like that they're finally that spock is finally able to advocate to get kirk in there you know get lester in there to talk and that really for spock wants to strengthen the case but it's so creepy to watch lester start to emotionally manipulate them and try to get her try to get her crew supposed crew on her side Oof. yes okay so a couple things so number one i'm thinking how hilarious it would be to be a lower decker on this day oh of the enterprise because <laughs> you're just going around doing your duties and all of a sudden you hear on the speaker like the ship speaker captain kirk is like spock is a criminal he is trying to mutiny he is under arrest no one better even talk to him spock's under arrest like can you imagine yeah. the shock of having yeah. no idea what is going on <laughs> And then about two hours later, you hear Trial. McCoy, Spock, <laughs> Scotty, and Janice Lester are being escorted to their execution. <laughs> that's what you hear as a lower decker. You said what? You said the yeah. execution? That's not a lot. That's outlawed in Starfleet? That execution? Everyone is shaken. <laughs> like, Sulu's like, uh, that's illegal. Like, you talk what? about a sham of a trial, as Boimler says. Like, this is, like, it's all emotional manipulation. It's all subterfuge. Like, obviously, Lester's lying through her teeth through all of yes. this. So, okay, so then number two is that I think, like, the turning point in this episode for me is once Kirk slash Lester gets Spock on her side, and once they are allied everything is going to be fine because you yes. can even see like after the mind meld spock's demeanor changes and he's oh, yeah. now allied he's like this is the captain and i have to be allied with the he's captain certain yeah. yeah and he's certain and so it's kind of amazing to see the two of them against the rest of the world and spock is just a character that i trust in any situation because especially when he's dealing with someone as like ruled by their emotions as as Janice is in Kirk's body, that he is going to be able to convince her slash Kirk to do pretty much anything that he wants to manipulate the situation in his favor. He's just going for the truth and the truth will beat out any lie and the rest of the crew has to see what's going on here. So, I mean, 
it's you can't say Spock's an underrated character, but like like Loki, he is the MVP of this Absolutely. episode. Spock is amazing in this one. Oh my god. And even when Lester's like, read back his little tirade, the last two sentences of his tirade. And I'm like, it was kind of a tirade, but like in the most beautiful Spock elegant way I've ever seen. Like he is standing on business. He is not backing down. And I like how he was like, even after they played it back, he's like, and I stand by it. Like boom 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 period like he knows exactly what he wants and this is right following after kirk's speech talking about lester he says like she would do anything to get the power she craved attain a position she didn't merit by temperament or training and most of all she wanted to murder james kirk a man who once loved her but her intense hatred of her own womanhood made life with her impossible wow like first of all jim kirk beautifully said you know like i did not know you weren't that in tune with your relationships and such you know it shows a depth of his relationships that i didn't know that he maintained during those starfleet era days even more shout out to sandra smith who plays janice lester because her acting of kirk is the best acting in the episode agreed i love how she portrays captain kirk oh it's so good ashlyn thank you so much and I just think that speech is so important, you know, and it's also just like sort of a call like this is the kind of the feminist call in this episode that's kind of sexist to embrace your womanhood and love it because it is a part of you, you know, and yes, it may have restrictions that you have to work past. And I think that's this is where the episode fails is because it says don't work past those restrictions, just stay in your little box and you'll be fine and happy. Of course, that's not what we women actually do or want to do. But I do think that this message is really interesting, you know, that like because of her intense hatred of her womanhood made life impossible, you know, for others around her. And so, yeah, it's just interesting to think about food for thought for sure. And such a cool point of this episode. I think that, yeah, there's some really poignant moments that ask a lot of important questions in an episode that feels so rushed. It feels like half the time they're running around with the head cut off kind of thing. Like it at least... Lester going back and forth, having these little tirades, talking to Coleman, telling McCoy that he is relieved from duty, you know, like all of this stuff. It just feels like this constant, like, I don't know where this episode's going or half of the motivations besides power hungriness, you know, and it's just interesting. But that part, especially, and then Spock's speech, beautiful. Yeah. Um, Also, highlight for me this episode, Rhiannon and I love to say, mutiny! And I think it's from this episode. It is. Because, like, her and I trying to be Kirk say mutiny to each other. And it's just, like, the best. So that also unlocked a little memory for me that this is why we say it. (laughs) Same. I did not know which episode it came from. But, because I remembered it was Kirk out of his mind. And he has done this before, like, in the (laughs) other years, too. He's like, you don't want mutiny. This is mutiny. (laughs) You know, but this time he's like, <laughs> I feel like Enemy Within also when he split into two Kirks. Oh, I think you're right. Mutiny. Think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and Mirror Kirk, I think. Is also like, Spock, this man, me. Where's your beer? Your beer? <laughs> <laughs> so we do love a little bit of unhinged Shatner. Like that is also par for the course of this episode. And we get the iconic meme moment as well, or gif. Um, yes. If y'all know what I'm talking about, it's the moment where spock somehow is controlling kirk through lester's body um who knows how some telepathic nonsense that they're not gonna explain to us and never well, will I, th- I think spock is trying to swap them back and he, yeah, he, he is, can't he can't kinda. do it so it's kind of it weakens the link 
<laughs> yeah, but it also like kind of becomes a puppeteer, um, a voodoo doll, shall we say, to this moment, because then Kirk is like flapping his hands around, or Lester, I guess, and does the little like jazz hands Kirk moment. Um, yes. it's it's very good. We could post a picture because, or it should be a part of our watch list picture because it's so iconic. Um, very memeable and just hilarious because the entire rest of the bridge crew who haven't been sentenced to death are watching that, and Asilu and Chekhov are like, "Excuse me, like literally, what is happening?" Yes. Okay. I think now is a good time to kind of talk a little bit more about the moments that made this feel like a finale to you because the moments where i actually kind of felt choked up was in this trial there is a chance for every character to speak like every bridge character that we usually see we have Chekhov and sulu are hanging out yes. together they're so sweet they stop working on the bridge once they realize yes. like this is lester they are just passively like not following orders that like hands mm -hmm. in lap i love to see this and then also in the courtroom when they talk about it um i think sulu says the captain of the enterprise is our problem so yes um i think they're talking about like do we want scotty says that or, this is scotty yeah like do you want to go through starfleet and have them sorted out and he's like no the captain of the enterprise is our problem and so when all these characters come together to fight for their friend not i mean it just shows this loyalty oh i'm sort of crying ah yeah, it just I it I, it just it's so rare that we get to see them all like having a wholesome moment that's not in a movie it's just like yes. crazy to see this in the episode so i love seeing this loyalty coming out of these characters i love seeing Chekhov and sulu getting their moment together I yes. wish it was a her here, but the communications oh, officer yeah. gets some good lines in as well. Mm -hmm. And then also that moment between Scotty and McCoy is so lovely. Oh um, my God. Where yes. it, I think it's crazy. I think it's very out of character for McCoy not to think yeah, that. He's so worried about the Surgeon General. <laughs> yeah. He's really he's distracted really, this episode. <laughs> like, is he vying for a promotion? Is this why he's so yeah. <laughs> obsessed? Um, yeah. So I thought that was, that was the only like complaint, mm -hmm. but still like the McCoy moments in this one are really good. Surprisingly, this is not the first time that Kirk has put Spock on trial. <laughs> also, just as a reminder. Honestly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Ashlyn, thank you for, those are the exact moments I was going to talk about. I think Sulu and Chekhov kind of steal the show at the end of this, because like you said, they take their hands off the console, but they also say, Sulu says, um, when, when talking about the captain, I'll fight them every way and any way I can when talking about, you know, getting Kirk back and making sure to fight Lester, who, whatever's going on. They're not even sure exactly, even though, of course, they've heard what Spock has said and everything. It's still hard when you see Kirk there in his body, you know, it's really hard to not believe what you see, essentially. I think, though, the fact that Lester in Kirk's body is putting their friends to death and their family, basically, like, this is, of course, is what's going to change the tide and why it's still so concerning that the security officers are going along with it. But every one of the bridge crew starts to really change the tide then. And and even when it's recorded, Scotty and McCoy's little mutiny talk, it like, it does not deter anyone except for, you know, the execution preparation. But, like, it, it's almost yeah. a call to everyone to mm -hmm. be like, yes, we agree that this it's time for mutiny. mutiny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to have them so strongly standing together on this, yeah, I thought that was really special. This was such a crew episode. And those are some of my favorite ones where we get a really strong snippet of everyone except her, which, like, is tragic. I think that that makes it really special, too, because they're all sort of ready to fight. Like, Spock's even, like, in the brig. He's like, 
be ready to attack, you know, like they're all ready to fight for Kirk. And I just really love to see it, especially kind of the like, we'll all go down together mentality, you know, like, okay, fine. Like gonna get us all executed, you know, like we'll all attack together and get out of this. Kirk is strong and able to finally get back into his body with the help of Spock right before Coleman, the doctor is about to kill Kirk. Cause that's the only way that Lester could maintain Kirk's body and not have this like intrusion basically, which yeah, again, just insanity. Like this is a, such a an incredible plot and a, and a great ending. I feel like even though not the ending ending, but I feel like this leading up to the ending, the like sort of mutiny that goes about everyone coming together is really beautiful. Yeah, I really agree with you. Crazy ending. And at the end, Janice's background body, she is the most hysterical. Like she has lost it completely. And then yeah. this guy, the scientist dude, who I guess is in love with her, he's like, I'll take care of her. And again, like the message, <laughs> the message. <laughs> mm. it, it's just like, wow, she like, also, she did. They both murdered a bunch of people. They yeah, should, they should be rehabilitated and not together. Like clearly, there's something toxic going on with the two of them as well. Like yeah, and so we just had this amazing scene. I'm so glad you talked about the scene of them on the brig. It mm -hmm. made me think about the when Scotty busted them out of the brig in yeah! in Undiscovered Country, Country. and like oh. made me tear up. Oh. Uh, so yeah, we love to see it, but then to see that Janice Final is going, Frontier, Final Frontier. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. In Final um, Frontier, yeah. Don't you know a jailbreak when you see one? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, there is a jailbreak in Undiscovered Country, but that's not on the oh, Enterprise. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I was confused. <laughs> but anyway, so when we have Janice, it's just like broken, stories resolved. They're all kind of gathered together. And then Kirk says, her life would have been as fulfilling as any woman's, if only, dot, 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 if only. And then they all get in a turbo lift and the episode ends <sighs> and i just i feel like take out take, that <laughs> take out. out that part the and line. have them all like smile and be like warp factor uh -huh. two anywhere yeah. you know like <laughs> almost any ending would have been better than this no one. words just go in the turbo lift that yeah even more but even more profound or just like whatever okay yeah. fine bye not let's degrade women in our very last night <laughs> of star trek like are you fucking kidding me the way in which that's probably uh, the other reason my blood was boiling as a little like whatever year as old i was you know as any women's what does that mean okay first of all her life could have been as rich as any women's so first of all like implying that if she stayed in her place she could have had a great life with her little husband and her little like what are they trying they trying to put us yeah. back in their little picket fence idealization is this what? Star Trek just completely backsliding in the last moment of their series? <laughs> it's deplorable. I just, I really get so frustrated with it. Yeah, it, it just if puts a bad taste there was in any my other mouth. fucking line. <laughs> if only. <laughs> Not only. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, Chris Pine. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's how it ends. So, mm -hmm. Rihanna, I have a question for you. Yeah. Was this an effective finale to Star Trek, the original series? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, straight up. No, um, there were elements that were effective. Yes. Like I would give it, I would not say it's the worst finale of Star Trek or even the worst finale of anything. I'd say that it's frustrating and definitely if like, if only <laughs> there had been warning 
for this episode, they're able to make one more. This could have been an interesting penultimate one for sure. You know, I think about that a lot with Firefly as well. It, if only there was another week, you know, just to, to wrap things up, do even just a little bit more writing around it because obviously it's not their fault when it comes down to it. Yeah, it's sort of a sh like a not great written episode, but that was happening a lot in season three. That's one of the reasons it got canceled. So I'm thinking like, you know, there's th no one knew. No one had a choice to, to change any of this, really, if they knew halfway through production. So I really get it. Like, I have a lot of empathy for that, but not sympathy, you know, kind of thing where I'm like, I can still kind of hate on it and I can still kind of drag on it and say, no, this was not an effective finale for Star Trek, the original series. Such a beautiful series that said so much about women empowerment that said so much about like even subtle queer stuff you know which we kind of got in this but anyway i just i don't know it does not overall <laughs> do what it needs to do to effectively close out the stories of these characters which is why the movies were made in my opinion so ashlyn please tell me your answer do you think this is an effective finale for the original series i want to first comment on your talking about season three because i think i mean the famous letter writing campaign they were going to cancel star trek after season two and so we only got season three because of the fans and at that point it was sort of they, they were being stretched beyond capacity they had to use even less money mm. than they had before and so that's why there are some less than favorable moments that happen sure. in season three but i will say for this being the final episode of the original series i agree it's not a satisfying finale with the time and resources that they had and clearly no editor to clean up the script. <laughs> I I appreciate, and you know, like knowing the time that this came out, I appreciate that there was any semblance at all to throwing the nostalgia, like referencing other True. episodes that did not happen straight up at all in True. the original series throughout the whole thing. And so them talking about, you know, things that happened in, over the past three years was memorable for me seeing the way that the crew comes together is really wonderful seeing that everybody gets their time is great and so i think they could have done a lot worse honestly i yes. think for like knowing the context they did their best but i'm not going to say it's an effective finale i could never say sure. that <laughs> absolutely and ashlyn thank you for that question because it's always good to look back after we're done kind of doing an analysis of these episodes and i'm really curious you know as these ones go on keep in your brain ashlyn kind of a running order you know of things like obviously yes this is my favorite finale of star trek as of right now because it's the only one we've watched <laughs> but that does not mean that we're even done with kirk spock mccoy scotty all the above because we have the animated series to talk about as another ending of a show that is a different entity to star trek the original series but also kind of a continuing entity so can <laughs> can the animated series counterclock incident top the original series turnabout intruder like that's the question that we're going to be asking next week not only comparing but talking about it on its own i'm just really excited this is i'm just bubbling ash this is such a fun series and so interesting to talk about an episode that we've literally never even like we kind of pushed out of our brains <laughs> uh yeah absolutely it's going to be really fun to talk about counterclock incident robert april can't wait to discuss okay bob yeah so <laughs> let's go yeah i'm very excited for the finale series you know the rest of the episodes we won't have quite as in-depth um philosophy discussions about sure. finales but thank you to everyone who submitted your responses to our questions on social media we love interacting with you all as you 
usual. Totally. I would also love to shout out Ian Davies, Jordan Hirsch, Megan Chowning, MC Freudis, Spotted Giraffe, David Willett, Herlan Naskos, Wolf Wit, Anna F., John B., Gil Dara, Jeff Richardson, Never Otter Even, Anna Post, T. Alexander, Ivan, and Michelle. Thank you so much for being patrons of this podcast. We appreciate you and everything you do. $1 and above patrons, so all y'all get ready for some new content coming soon. Very exciting. And Ashlyn, thank you for this brilliant series. And thank you for being willing to talk about so much television. Like this is a joy to be honestly, I'm thrilled to be here to get to talk about finales. I do really want to know from listeners, if you are a finisher of finales, if you are a leave it and love it where, where you want it to end, do you have your own finales that you consider the finale of things? Because I also do that. Uh, Attack on Titan is one of them. Death Note. <laughs> Death Note is one. Um, <laughs> and Game of Thrones season seven ending is fine for me. <laughs> um, so anyway, just fascinating. And I just, this is just such a joy in my day. Thank you, Ashlyn. And thank you, listeners. Oh, absolutely. And I don't want anyone under the impression that the finale series will be our last series. No. <laughs> that, that fact alone kind of made me delay this and not do it sooner mm -hmm. because I was like, what if that was our last series ever? But ever, no, I'm too yeah, impatient no. for that. Like we have, this has to be discussed now. And I would, I think I'd be like a, a weeping miss. I don't know if we did finale series at also, our last episode ever. why like... would we end the pod? Yeah. As ever. far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Until we've like really beat all these episodes oh, over the head. Capable. I think we're <laughs> yeah. going to keep doing this. <laughs> if you're yes. all are good with that. Yes. If we have one listener, we'll keep going. If we have zero, we'll keep going. Like... Well, because it's, we would be having these conversations anyway, anyway is the thing. Yeah. So... Might as well record them and get to yeah. watch more Star Trek because of it. You know, Precisely. It, so. Precisely yeah. right. And like Ashlyn said in the beginning, once more New Trek closes out its series, then we will be talking about um, more finale episodes so that'll be really interesting later on down the road but don't pray for that too soon you know we want we want lower decks and strange new worlds and everything to go on forever so take your time, take your time. Guys. chill chill take out your time. chill out prodigy we love you stay forever seven uh, on seasons Netflix. of prodigy yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's <laughs> go zero. my actual figure of the day wants that so um, ashlyn Thank you. Thank you, Last Outpost for Reggie or whoever you are, um, I guess, for coming along as well. Yeah, and, and yeah. thanks to Zero. What a great yeah. guest. <laughs> Can't wait to be reverted back to children next week in Counterclock Incident, Ashlyn. <laughs> Let's go. Wow. He's I... like horrified. Looks around. <laughs> it really was like, I, I forgot. I thought. I remember the alternate universe. I did not remember the baby. Yeah. So, Do you want body swap or babies? Like here we are. <laughs> That's what Star Trek. I want all good things instead. <laughs> You're like, um, can we move on? Can we skip? No. Okay. No, nope, we gotta fine. be. I'm like land next week. <laughs> I'm very excited. Okay. Well, let's get out of here. Yeah. yeah okay. Bye. Get all in for next week. Thank you yeah. so much for listening. And okay, don't let yeah. the fucking talks get you down <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you for listening to the dura sisters podcast please tune in next week for the second episode of our finale series where ashlyn and rihanna will discuss the counterclock incident from the animated series please follow us on facebook instagram threads blue sky and twitter to check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and our merch on Threadless. All the links 
all of them that we have can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating one six twelve or $23 per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive rewards for each tier. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, feminism, death fakeouts, first officers, spooky, holodeck, engineering, and the Mirror Universe series. That's a lot. If you... <laughs> it's just a fuck ton of... So many. That's, that's almost have too many, so to, many to, to listen read. to. Like, it takes five minutes to it's read gonna just The outro is going to be like ten minutes at some point. I'm <laughs> saying Rihanna's on this hill that we have to read every series, and I'm like, what if we just read, like, three? I think we'll, we should now start reading the last three. <laughs> Just the last three. Like, recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have covered these podcast series. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't heard a particular series yet, please go back and listen to any of these fantastic episodes. Social media, marketing, and editing. <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, and Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Jesus Christ. We're almost done. Social media, editing, and marketing is by... <laughs> Don't forget about marketing. <laughs> okay, I can't do it. Okay. Oh, oh. Three seconds left. Jesus Christ. Social media, marketing, and editing is done by me, Ashley Gelman, and Rihanna Hurd. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. Um, oh God, it's the saddest and most amazing. Um, what's it called? Uh, when they cry, you think about that one? Yeah. When they cry. Is that it? The horror one? No, no, not the horror one. Mm -hmm. Um, dongo, 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 desasharu. Um, <laughs> that's the theme song. I really should know um, this. Clannad. Oh my god, amazing show. Okay, okay so.